0: Welcome back to the tomb, everyone. This is the Pharaoh, a.k.a. Ali. And for today's episode, it's called Black Masculinity. And I have two very important guests with me today, and I'll have them go ahead and introduce themselves.
1: What's going on, y'all? My name is Baudelaire, host of the Soapbox podcast, uh, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, author of My Journey Home, available everywhere you get books. Um, And that's all I'm doing for now, but I got more coming.
2: I love it. Hello, world. My name is Sean Lawson, content creator, uh, host of My Two Cents podcast coming soon, and I'm um, here to have a really good conversation.
0: Okay, let's let's get into it. Um, so my first question is, what is the difference, if there is one, between masculinity and manhood?
1: Um. I think manhood is bigger than masculinity, you know, manhood, like, and, and manhood takes so many different forms, you know what I mean, because we're supposed to really gel in, or, or form into what is necessary for our people and, you know, our family, exactly what we need, you know what I mean, we don't need a hundred dudes to be the same guy, right, so manhood takes a whole bunch of different forms. Um... Masculinity, I guess, does as well, but masculinity uh, it, it it changes more slowly. I'll say, you know, uh, masculinity in twenty twenty one, masculinity in nineteen sixty, masculinity in eighteen sixty, completely different, especially among the different races. Um, so yeah. I, Sean, what do you think? All
2: right. It was funny. I was thinking. I, I I was saying on on earlier. That. I was saying earlier that it's, I try to keep it as one and the same in today's world because of how there's a rise in modern women, right? And So what, how we look at manhood versus masculinity, I try to keep it one and the same because really and truly, masculinity, right, is the, is the characteristics, is the trait, right? The traits of being being manly, right? Or, or where or whereas manhood could be looked upon as come being a boy and then going and becoming a man right Mm. one plays into the other so i try not to separate the two just because of how the world is now and it's like kind of to your point you know 1860 1960 2021 right there's there's a difference in definition of what masculine manhood is because Mm -hmm. the world is always ever changing forever evolving right Mm -hmm. so what we consider masculine manhood now is totally different than what it could be considered back in the day. And so I try not to separate. I try to keep it one and the same, but they, I'm realizing even as I'm saying this, they are different. Mm-hmm. You know, they are different. Yeah, but I, I, yeah go ahead. I see where you're coming from also. Uh, okay.
1: I think that the reason why I, only reason why I, 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 you know, separate them is that I believe that we all are a, uh, you know, a walking yin and yang of masculine and feminine. You know I mean? Even amongst men, you know what I mean? And, and we know men who are less masculine than other men, right? But that doesn't make you, your, your manhood isn't in question, mm. right? You are still a man, but you are less masculine than another man. And that we all don't need to be hundred um, percent masculine all the time. That's horrible. Nobody wants to do that, right? You really just look for someone uh, that is the inverse. You know what I mean? A 90% masculine, 10% feminine man, uh, man, is probably gonna look for a 90% feminine, 10% masculine woman uh, woman. Right. So that, that is why I I, I would separate them because a woman is allowed to, to uh, embody masculinity to some extent as well.
0: Yeah, and I definitely agree with that because the kind of way that I look at it is like, masculinity is something what someone has, but manhood is like who you are. It's like, like so I can have a certain level of masculinity, it was like, but being a man like kind of defines who you are. It's like with that wrapped up. So I understand how many times it can people try to make it synonymous but going to what you said is that we both have masculine and feminine energy within us. It's like it's uh and uh Sean, I think I said this to you just in previous conversations is that it's like from the spirituality like standpoint that I look at masculine uh masculine and feminine energy it's like your soul is made up of masculine and feminine energy now your physical body is a manifestation of one of those energies but you still have both of those in you and i and for me like being a man is under um, it's controlling your masculine energy that's inherent to you but then understanding your feminine energy within you
2: right you know, I feel like, you know, in today's world though, when we look at it from like, we're, we're still stigmatized to the old standards, right? And, and I hate to say stigmatized because rightfully so, it all depends on what kind of man you are. I do believe as men we're supposed to provide. I do believe as men we're supposed to lead. Um, and there's a level of masculinity that plays into that, right? Those are the traits that make you up, make you become a man, so to speak. Um, but, you know, like Debo, like not Debo, I'm sorry. Uh, but like, Yes, yeah, stated like think about it it's we are we have yes do we have both energies in us but as men we're only supposed to be aware of the feminine energy in us uh we're not supposed to act upon it right and you'll have other men that act upon it a little bit more it's like feeding to wolves right some men feed the feminine wolf more than they feed the masculine masculine wolf but does that mean that they're they're, they're less of a man Right, so it's really subjective to the individual and, and their own individual interpretation of it. Uh, but it's it's the definitions constantly changing. It's constantly and rapidly changing, and just with the rise and the empowerment of women, I mean, it's going to constantly be even more in question now than it was ever before, right? Because the balance of scale is different. So how we even identify masculinity and manhood is going to change. It's just it's changing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard um, Nikki Giovanni
1: one time. Uh, There's a conversation between Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin that's on YouTube. It's like two hours of them talking. It's probably the, some of the greatest content like, in, in, in Black YouTube, right? And one of the things um, Nikki Giovanni was saying was that like, if, if your manhood is, is built on my needing to walk five paces behind you, then it's, it's never going to work. You know what I'm saying. So, like you were saying, with the rise of 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 uh, the acknowledgement of the importance of womanhood, I think you aren't fully a man if you aren't still if you aren't comfortable allowing that space for a, a woman to to take charge. You know what I mean? When when it calls for that, you know what I'm saying. If, but if you're if your manhood is so fragile, you know that it's like, oh no no, this isn't a, a woman's place or whatever. You know, like marginalizing. Especially if it's your better half, you know that's when it's really crazy. But or like even your own mother, your sister, you know, if you don't respect womanhood, then your your manhood is built on sand. Really. You know, it's, 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 uh, is is uh, that the phrase of like a, it's a house of cards. You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's only it, until it gets challenged by someone who's a real man, and that doesn't mean a physical altercation, none. Until it gets challenged,
2: you know, what I mean, you're gonna get broken down. But do you think that's, But here's my, my, here's my question to that, right? Do you think that it's obviously heavily correlated, manhood is obviously heavily correlated to being tough, right? Being this mm-hmm. overly strong figure instead of actually having the traits and qualities of being able to just take care of and handle business, right? Because like today's world is when you hear about man, masculinity and manhood, it's like the rah-rah tough dude to do that is more outspoken to do that stands supposedly 10 toes down and is just a little bit more assertive than yeah. other men. And it's like,
0: ah. Uh, it's like making making it a one-dimensional being.
2: Right. Yeah. It's like we, we're we multifaceted. We're not just one thing, right? And that's why I keep going back to the point of it's gonna forever change. The definition of it is gonna forever, forever change, especially in today's world with women empowerment. It just It, it is what it is. But men have to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> we don't have the luxury of complaining about it. Right, we gotta we gotta figure it out, and that just comes back to natural order of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that um, I think that it's constantly changing because we're looking at we're trying to make a definition off of symptoms and not causes. It's like we don't want to get into the actual root, and it's like there are certain core principles. That we can get to and be like, hey, like these are some core principles. And then mm-hmm. out of that, there can be variations of it, but it's, it's like like I'll give an example. It's like with religion. It's like there are core principles within religion, but then that's when you have different sects and everything like that that branch out to it, but there's a coreness to it. But I think that a lot of times is that because I think just historically is that men really haven't. We've had spaces to ourselves, but have not been. We haven't been given the tools to actually have these conversations to get down to the core of it. Because for a long time, it's that masculinity and manhood was just like uh, we'll have an argument for maybe about a minute, minute and a half, and then after that, someone's getting busted in the head. Uh-huh. And that's the that's the part of it that is the problems that we're not getting to the dial, the deep dialogue of it. And that's why where people looking at the symptoms of it, they'll be like, okay, well, we know it's not that. We know it's not that. We know it's not that. And it's like <clears throat> it's, I think it's um, it's a problem if you're trying to define something by what it's not than what it is.
1: Hmm. Oh. Eh. I was I'm was
2: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, a silence yeah, man I'm
1: really I, I'm really absorbing that like um oh man i I think that when when I feel that energy of a you know another man specifically another black man having a feeling like he has to ex- assert himself, um a lot of the times I kind of just see the pain in it, you know, I'm like, damn, you know, I get it. it's hard. You know, some days I want to get on the train and just flip out on the, the white dude. You know what I mean, if he bumped into me, but I'm yelling at him not for bumping into me, I'm yelling at him for 400 years. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel it, you know? And even sometimes, uh, you know, b- black men, we, we take it out on everybody. We take it out on our own families. You know what I mean? We take it out on our kids and stuff. And uh, we shouldn't do that, obviously. You know, we, we, need to, we need to not do that, but we also need to, we need to like, make space for patience, you know what I'm saying? We need to become, we are in ourselves. So like, we, I know we could talk all day about the black dude that's doing wrong, but we need to ourselves decide like, you know what, I'm gonna be patient with those brothers though, moving forward. Because if this construct I'm talking about is so powerful, then yeah, some brothers do, you know what I mean? They do make the mistake of, of, of falling for the trap, you know what I mean? And end up becoming these macho dudes that end up in the system. You know what I mean? It's like it's like uh, wokeness, right? You got people that are so woke that they'll see somebody, like a, the most extreme example I can think of is like a Candace Owens, right? They're like, yo, Candace Owens is a coon, get Candace Owens, get Candace Owens. Yes, but at the same time, if this thing that we call white supremacy is so powerful, then wouldn't it get someone like a Candace Owens? So shouldn't we, instead of like just throwing at all the words that we could think of at her, shouldn't we be like, damn sister, like, it's a shame. You really don't think we can do this ourselves. You really think that, you really, you drunk all the coffee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not,
0: and, cause and I- you look the picture too.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, it's you, you, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and so that's the way I look at it. I don't look at it as, I, I never look. Uh, because it's like a Phoenix course at one time. Like she was like, I don't beat Tupac. I never beat Tupac because the world was going to beat him enough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Man, these people gonna say everything they want about Candace Owens, I don't need to throw it. I, you know what I mean? She gonna mm-hmm. get called all the coons in the world. I don't need to say that to her. You know what I mean? And she's a black woman at the end of the day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We, it's a dominant gene. She with a white man, but kid's gonna be black anyway. You know what I'm saying? That kid's gonna hear it. Your mom's a coon. I don't need to throw that on her. I actually need to just be patient with her and be like, man, this knowledge is so powerful.
2: What John Henry Clark said is so powerful. One day it's gonna get you. Yeah. One is. day. I feel like that's I feel like I feel like that's attached to pain, right? It, it, that's exactly what it we're about. so easily attached to tragedy because that's what we were built upon, right? A lot of tragedy. We, we're so used to being uh, an adverse people or people that are able to overcome adversity, for lack of better mm-hmm. words, right? Mm-hmm. So we're so attached to pain. That's why a lot of times you have the Candace Owens, um, those people that the know, Terry speak, Cruises, the Terry Cruises that Terry Cruise, another whatever. one, yeah you know, we're seeing it from a place of pain, but we're also attacking them because we're also within a state of pain, right? Yeah, and we're not, yeah. we're not able to see it from your perspective, uh, Baudelaire, where you're like, yo, why are we not feeling bad for the system? And be like, damn, actually, let's have a conversation and sit down, like, why do you actually feel so strongly in these directions, right? Yeah. Why, you, why do you not only feel so strongly in those directions, but you're willing to spew <laughs> that out into the masses, right? Yeah. Where it's not only gonna impact yourself, your offspring, but the people that you actually represent at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're coming with a talk. Like now you got me thinking because I was definitely one of those people calling her coons left and right, um, but not mm-hmm. looking at the long-term effects. It's, and it's kind of like a lot of men struggle with the battle versus war concept, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I've managed and lo- I've been a manager for for about five years. So being able to manage staff, in, you know, groups of four to all the way up to 30 plus, right? Yeah. Um, especially black men specifically and how they take uh, order and authority. Woo. And I've dealt mm-hmm. with some that are, are receptive to it. And I've dealt with many more that are more willing to butt mm-hmm. heads, be aggressive. And I have mm-hmm. to come to a point of like, brother, I'm not going to fight you at work. Like exactly. there's priorities here, right? Yeah. But at the same time, because I know who I am and, and the type of man that I am, and I observe energy and I observe when you're unbalanced. Right. You haven't found that balance of feminine and masculine energy. You're not able to read the room properly. So therefore you're, you're blocked to certain things. Like to your point, I got to be patient with that, with that individual. I have to, because even to the point of literally saying, you know, you know, I'm not going to fight you at work, right?
1: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) You know, this check is a little bit more, uh, I'm prioritizing this money more than I'm prioritizing me physically putting hands on you. Yeah. right what i'm yeah. trying to do is be constructive and let you know and teach you to be better
0: and yeah. i think that's the part of like part of that is is that um part of that is like like the feminine energy in which they don't understand is that it's the emotion part of them that it's is they don't understand they don't know how to process it or anything like that so the only emotions that they have been Condition to know how to express is anger and violence oh, totally. so it's like okay if it's like if I can knock this dude out that shows me that show that reaffirms to me and shows everyone else that I'm a man Correct. and the thing about the Candace Owens that made me think about it, it's like um one I wouldn't have sympathy for because for me I think when you have sympathy for someone how they are living their lives it's like it, you kind of take pity on them. So you, you're you looking kind of down on them. My thing is, is that I have unconditional love for all our people, but I'm not unconditionally in love with all our people. So I have love for you, but I'm not unconditionally in love
2: with you. Let me write that down. Write that down. Okay, okay, I'm, let me ask you this. That's though. my new answer. That's my new answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, pose, I pose this question though, is, is, is the rise of Candace Owens because of the lack of, strong Black men, masculine men, the men that we're, we're trying to define here is is that the reason why we're, we're more focused on somebody who's more assertive as a Black woman like Candace Owens, because there's a lack of Black men that are doing the same thing, not to her point, but standing mm. up and saying, you know what I'm saying, this is what I represent for my people, because we've seen, we have plenty of, of uh, references, right, from the MLKs to Malcolm X and a lot Marcus of Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey, but you yeah. hear the narrative from a lot of black women, saying, you know, like, well, there's not enough black men stepping up, y'all don't fight and protect us anymore. And it's like, because really? last I checked, all of us that did die.
0: But, they, yeah. but well, they, and then
2: also they, there's the argument of like, well, if we don't,
1: so, so the, the white dude, he gonna fight you? I, he fight I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> like I me? I actually don't think so. Even if I he's with you, I don't think that that's gonna happen. Like at the end of the day, the only person that fights, the only, Women fight for themselves. They, they they are capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. But uh, historically, I I don't think you can give me any not you particularly anybody give me an example of a of a, a race of men fighting for another race's women. That never happens. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, like it, we I I hate even looking at it that way. Like right? you know what I mean? <laughs> I I that argument to me I, I I sympathize with the women that make that argument. You know what I mean? Because that comes from Uh, a series of disappointments by Black men they have come across. And I'm sorry for that. For sure. But at the same time, we can't spread the narrative. It's like the Black father narrative, right? It's like, okay, you know what I mean? That comes from a lot of prominent Black people saying, yo, my father wasn't there. But you look at the statistics of the, the masses of Black fathers. Black fatherhood actually isn't, much in need of repair as much as it's it's more of a class thing where where lower income fathers, regardless of race, have a harder time staying home because as a man, you're supposed to be the provider and it's hard. You know yeah. what I mean? Where there's no jobs where you're at. That's right. not specifically a black thing, but for some reason, we bear the whole burden of that.
0: Yeah, oh, it's no. Just like with the welfare things that when you look at the actual numbers of it, numerically, there are more white people on welfare than black people, but when, uh, I think it was, was it Ronald Reagan that had that black woman yes, up there? It was like the welfare, welfare queen.
1: queen yeah. It's like,
0: yeah, it put that in people's minds. Like now I will good say- Good for like,
1: her by the way. Hmm? That's a good for her, America owe, uh, owe us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I'm, I have no, I'm, I, I do not shame nobody for, for, for taking what, what they owe.
0: Yeah, oh no, no, there's no shame in that. It's just the, I don't think she, I don't know, but, I don't I don't know if she knew the significance of what they were going to then try to portray her and everyone that looked like her was with her presence being there.
1: I listened to a podcast about her. No, she's a finesse. She just was like a she was just a hustle. Oh, she right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, right.
0: right. like, she
1: she went in there knowing yeah. I'm gonna have all these social security numbers, I'm gonna get welfare bear- on all these names. I'm like, yeah, no, she was she she and she played the system, but you know what? White folks be playing their own system for years.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah.
1: You've seen how much Jeff Bezos paying taxes. So was he a welfare queen? Because he still gets the government subsidy. Right. So, mm. you know mm. what I'm saying? So who really is the welfare? Like, you know, we, you could get into that. But something that I thought of um, was that uh, actually in the book that I, you know, before we started, that I was telling you about The Sword and the Shield, The Revolutionary Lives of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, Keneally Joseph uh, was saying in an interview that while doing research for that book, what like astounded him, was that talking to like, you know, Malcolm's cousin, talking to Martin's assistant from in Montgomery? Never did he hear a story where they didn't accept the least of us, where either man, you know what I mean? In private, was like, man, these niggas mad. These niggas pissing me off. Oh, I can't stand these niggas. That never happened. You know what I mean? He did the re- you you're like what? wait till you read the book. Like, he did the research. Right. And it was never a moment where they turned away. You know what I mean? Martin got stabbed in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? And turned around and went to Chicago, mm. you know? How yeah. many brothers would have been like, you know what? I'm actually just gonna keep my business in the South. Yeah. I think I'm good on y'all, Northern Negroes, actually. I think I'm, I, I was doing good down there. I'm gonna go back down there, but he, you know what I mean? Like went I'm just to, gonna,
0: let, right. I'm gonna let Malcolm take the North. <laughs> you guys <know> ought <what laughs> to like, talk to them. <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it, it is... Uh, Malcolm, the amount of uh, hostility he had with the nation of Islam, but at the same time was still accepting brothers who wanted to leave the nation and work with him. You know what I'm saying? Not mm-hmm. realizing some of them worked for the CIA. Some of them actually were still working for Elijah Muhammad cover. undercover. Like, but th- those men had such a radical love, like Ashanti was saying, an unconditional love, that they was like, all right, whatever. Like, whatever, whatever comes, comes.
0: Right. And I'm sure at times we made it hard to be in love with our people, but yeah, always sure. had love for our people because they're. Yeah. I. Well, anybody listening to this podcast knows that I'm very pro black but I will not sit here and be like there aren't sometimes. It's like I'll say it is hard to be in love with our people. Just sometimes looking around, it's just like God, damn. There's a lot of work to do, but I always have love for our people. So right. it's like I like I'll. Be fed up sometimes, but you are not going to disrespect my brother or my sister. It's like it's like um, it's like any type of family. It's like you can go back and forth with your siblings all day, and and someone outside of the family could say the exact same thing that you said to one of your siblings, and it's it, it's on it's on and popping. Mm-hmm. So it's just I think we need to start like us as black people, but it's, uh, definitely as black men, just starting to understand It's like, we are a family. It's like, we are not gonna agree on everything, but we will agree on that, I see you. That's why um, one of the things when I moved down south was just like uh, my professor, and this was a response that I never even thought about, is when you see people, it's like, oh, it's good to see you. He would respond, it's good to be seen. It's like, oh, it's like, Normally I just say, it's good to see you too, but it's like good to be seen. It's like that lets the other person know, I acknowledge I acknowledge you and I also acknowledge that you see me because most That's of the true. times we are not seen.
2: That's, uh, but uh, you know what? I think when it comes to manhood and masculinity, right? It's really important to know who you are as a man and what you represent and, and be comfortable representing and knowing who you are. And there's a level of importance with that. And it's just like the power of words, right? What you say is extremely important. So to, to your point, for what you just said, that response, is, it, it has you questioning, like, oh, wait a minute, it is nice to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at her from a, a, a different perspective. Uh, Baudelaire did it excellently earlier when he was making his point, right, with Candace Owens. It's having a different perspective, but as Black men, we have a responsibility to, to be able to teach that down and stand 10 toes down on that. Um, and I think when you're really comfortable as a man, especially a Black man, and you're, you're comfortable with who you are, you were able to have these conversations. And this is the best best, best thing about today's world and being alive in 2021 versus, I guess, the 1960s or the 1860s, right? We actually have the chance and the opportunity and the luxury or the privilege of having a conversation of it like never before, right? So that's the reason why there's so many things in question of what masculinity is, what manhood is. Um, for me, I just think when it comes to masculinity and manhood in general, if you want to figure that out as a man, you need to go talk to other men, <laughs> other well-sounded uh, stable, especially emotionally stable men that have it together that have been through the same things and understand your experience. It's like today, it's like what we talked about earlier, Shanti, with um, sh- do you think you should be able to cry as a man? Of course, you should be able to cry. I just don't believe crying in front of a woman. That's just me because she's not going to be able to understand that emotion. She's not going to be able to understand where you're well, from a man's perspective. She'll be able to capture the emotion, but she won't be able to understand it from a man's perspective. And be able to really understand, like, why do you as a man feel that way? And because you are such, you're supposed to be such a providing and dominant figure, she might not give you the best answer that you need. But then, when you cry in front of your boys that actually care about you and love you, um, you get a totally different response, and it's it's actually just as welcoming as as women right? But it's coming from the perspective of men where they can understand why you feel the way you feel. And they're going to give you a lot better advice. But I mean, if you admit that you cry nowadays, Lord have mercy, you are the most feminine man on the planet. And it's, that's the problem,
0: right? Yeah, With, in the eyes of the
2: people. Right. In the eyes of the people. And that's a problem when we define masculine men, especially black men specifically, because we've been so hardened to believe that <laughs> when you're black and you're a black man, oh, it's automatic trouble. Right, he has no conscience. He has no emotional, like emotional awareness, and it's like it's far from that. We actually receive that a lot earlier than most other people because we deal with a lot more a lot earlier on, Mm -hmm. right? So I mean, yeah, I feel like it's going to be in question continuously for the next few years um, because the definitions of it are changing, and with the movement empowerment. Back to my point, it's going to constantly be questioned because with rise of women, which is a beautiful thing shout out to all my sisters that are actually rising especially if you're in a especially within a career whether you're a cmo now cfo ceo i love it you know i love to see it right but also understand that it comes with a level of responsibility that men innately know right and we figure it out
0: and i agree with you to an extent so i think that yes what you said is that it like as a man crying in front of a woman's like she can have sympathy for you, mm-hmm. but not empathy, because you're oh, coming from a different perspective per se. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's like if say if you're you're a man and you have a wife, kids, you just lost your house and you're crying. It's like you and your wife could could both be crying, but you're crying from a standpoint of I'm a failure to my I'm I'm a failure to my wife and my kids. It's like, they're going to look differently at me like because of, I wasn't able to do what they expected me to do. Right. A wife might be trying from a different perspective. I'm not a woman, so I can't tell them that, that, that perspective, but it's like, as a man, like because he was the provider in that family, that's going to hit a different way. Like it might be the same outcome, it might be the same action, but a different different causes coming from it. So, talking to another man and saying, "I was like, yo, like I lost this," is that like another man will be will be able to empathize with you? Is like, damn, I would have cried in that situation too. Um, right. Now, the part where I disagree with you on is that not crying in front of women. I think that they'll do it. I I think that you should, if you have a significant other. You should be able to cry in front of them, but you that also comes with understanding your own feelings. Because there are uh, I've talked to some women, there are times when they like ask their man to be more vulnerable, and the second he is, it's a floodgate and they get overwhelmed and they're like, whoa, hold on. It's like what ah. the like you you can yeah. scare someone with how emotional you are, but that's also because of the fact that you haven't taken the time to um, put a reins and, ha- and handle your own emotions so that you can share it with other people.
2: Hmm. You, you share that type of emotion with any woman. Give it some time. Keep doing it continuously and she's going to question why you were there. It's, it's just... Well, it, it, well I, 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 I think I see
1: what Sean's saying to, to a point. I think, though, that the reason why... If before you, I work-
2: that point, though, hold on. Before you make that point, just <laughs> to give you some context to why I think that is the way it is, yeah. right? It's because it's it's because of how they've been taught, right? It's you're, they're taught. We're taught as men not to, to cry openly, and yeah. women are taught to not see men cry, right? Yes. That's that's the perspective that I'm coming with with the whole fact of like just don't do it because yeah. even though we're we're conditioned to 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 uh, adapt to the changes of women rising which is which is a beautiful thing they're they're not in the mindset in the space of adapting to men changing in that space at all so but to
1: that i'll say that's if you're not dealing with a woman on your level though because part of i think the hardest part of life to me Mm -hmm. is unlearning you know what i'm saying like there's so much like bullshit that i learned as a man about how to treat women yeah right and there's so many things like i remember one time like early on in me and my my girlfriend's relationship right i asked her because i really love hip-hop like i live hip-hop and i asked her one time like yo you really love hip-hop like i do and she said something i can't remember exactly how she worded it but she said something like yeah hip-hop's kind of disrespectful to me mm. you know and i'm like yeah some of that music was kind of disrespectful to you. but i never looked at it i never heard it from yetland i only heard it like you know what I'm saying? And some of it, you know, she, she could still hear like, move, bitch, get out the way. That's such an anthem, right, They just are saying. But sometimes you hear like a rapper's album cuts and he talk about this relationship. He, the way you talk about a woman, you're like, man, if I was just with one of my friends and he was telling me a story and he was just talking about a woman that way, today I'd be like, hey, yo, man, you really need to check yourself the way you, you know what I'm saying? The way, the way you really, you really kind of treating me like an animal, not a human being. You know, some, I heard uh, Charlemagne one time say, you love pussy, but hate women. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we, like the way we're taught with the way we're, we're taught to treat women kind of perpetuates that kind of thinking. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so so I, I say all that to say that the man who's willing to cry in front of a woman needs to be with the woman who's willing to feel a man crying in front of her. Because if, if those Two things don't match, and then you end up with the problem that you're saying. Also, right. and I'm just speaking for myself. If I do cry for my my woman, it, I, I'm not going. And I cried the second day, and I cried the third day. That fourth day, I'm someone I really figured stuff out. I would have figured it out. I, I'm I, I'm just very solution oriented. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't cry for that long. You know. <laughs> so right. I think that to so I think that kind of lends to your point though. Is that definitely don't do it to cry. Period. That many days in a row because eventually. Yo, you really life is hard. You really got to buckle down and figure out how to stop crying. Hundred percent, you know. So, I I I feel feel both of you in in, in, in that. You know what I mean. But always
2: going to look at you as a providing, as a structure, as the as a person to be the protector, and always going to be looking at you from a lens of survival. That is always automatically a woman's lens. That's why when you talk about women that want certain men, certain caliber of men, they they range a certain financial financial range, right? One that Mm -hmm. usually they typically don't fall within. Right, Uh, and but that's the beauty of hypergamy, and that's why that word even exists. When women date and marry up, uh, barely the same, and men automatically, typically marry down, right? But this is the world we live in, Um, and because they look at us in such a strong, such a strong role, being a man comes with a lot of responsibility. Providing is a lot. You know what I mean? It's one thing to provide for ourselves individually, but you're like, damn, I'm expensive, and then now you're talking about a, a, a now you're thinking on the scope of a family. Providing for your your wife, or your your significant other, now you're providing for children, that is a lot to bear, yeah. right? But it's a it's a responsibility that's automatically given to us. And so when you are seen in such a higher role, in such a powerful role, you don't have the luxury of just being able to be emotion, be emotional, um, to your significant other, unfortunately. And I truly believe that. Now I do agree to your point of if you not are if you two are not in in sync. With that, with that feeling, then you guys shouldn't be together in the first place. I 100% agree to that. Um, in situations like that, I'm pretty sure a man's not going to be crying more than a few days because he's going to be able to have a woman that's there that's strong enough to be able to like, yo, this man feels this way because of X, Y, Z. I understand it. I'm going to give this man his space, his time. He will figure this shit out. He'll come back to the table because I know this man for who he is. I respect this man. I love this man. This man is going to come forth. What, what doesn't matter what we're going through, right? Mm-hmm. That's a certain level of reverence and respect and that doesn't come as often nowadays than it did before. And so that's why our masculine manhood is constantly being, being in question, right? Constantly at all angles, financially, who we are emotionally, and it's, it's opening a can of worms. And you are seeing a lot of men that are not um, emotionally there or financially there mm-hmm. that are making wild and reckless decisions. But I always like to say that equal opportunity does not equate to equal outcomes, right? Just because we all have the same, we're on the same playing field now. Doesn't mean that we're all going to get it the same. Right. But as men, we got to figure it out. And when it comes down to that bottom line, I just don't feel like you can just openly be so emotional in front of your lady. But when you have your group of boys, your group of men, that, that you, that you can talk to about certain situations that, you can express yourself too. And they're, they're confident, and these are confident men. Let me just say this right now. These are very confident men we're talking about. These are men that know themselves. These are men that love themselves for who they are and they respect you for who you are. And they just love you just for being another black man that's surviving, right, On this, on, in this world. Those are the type of men that be, you'll be more likely to lean on than uh, a female, uh, well, I would like to say female counterpart, but then a, a lady, right? Um, and but a lot of that also comes through experience right? So I have to be conscious of what I'm saying. I have to be very aware of what I'm saying because um, it's somewhat opinionated to my experiences, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's just, it, it, it is what it is. But it's not wrong with crying. I feel like, and I say this openly, it's not wrong with crying as a man. It's not wrong with feeling your emotions. A lot of times you have to feel it through and really figure those things out um, before you can figure out any of your issues out that you're really dealing with. Whatever made you get to that point, you actually need to actually go through it. Um, and it's best, I feel like, for men to be able to not only lean on other men for that for that comfort, but to be able to allow us to to regain that confidence and stay and remain in confidence, even though we're going through a low point. And yeah, I think you got to go through it to get through it. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I think that the thing is is um, when people propose the question, well, when men propose the question to other men about crying, is that um, because of the type of society we live in, we live in a society of extremes. So they go to straight like, oh, a man that cries all the time, like you're in the middle of a grocery store and you're crying because they ran out of milk. It's like, yeah, anybody would look at that and be like, that's wild. <laughs> but I think with in terms of being a man and uh, understanding of that feminine energy is that uh, being a man is like holding on to that and knowing when, where, who and how to express that to people. It's like, um, and to a certain person. And, um, it's like we were talking about earlier, Sean, was, uh, before this, it's like um, having the right person that can actually handle like what you want to express.
1: Right.
0: So I think right. it's, and I think that's part of the becoming a whole person. It's like understanding both of them and knowing like, okay, as a male, this masculine part is a part that's kind of inherent in me to varying degrees for different males, but it's inherent. It's like both of them are inherent, but one manifests more than the other. It's like, so I need to understand this part of me and then also understand who I can show this part to because not everyone deserves to see that part of me.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Uh, one of the things that keeps me grounded, honestly, and I know we're not gonna get into to womanhood. We don't got time to get in that day. but like uh, from just the women that I've had conversations with, like women are going through it too. Oh, so, yeah. You know what I mean? And like what does womanhood really mean? You know what I mean? Does womanhood mean the ability to bear children? You know, does womanhood mean the, uh, living up to beauty standards? So sometimes I don't put too much pressure on myself as a man, cause it's like, man, we all just human beings trying to figure this, this life thing out. You know what I mean? And as long as we stay grounded in, um, you know, with integrity and like core values.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I honestly feel like the rest of it is gonna f- figure itself out.
0: Yeah. And uh, like you said, women are figuring out womenhood as, as well for themselves. And the way that I've looked at it for myself is that about 85% of what it means to be a man to me has nothing to do with a woman. Because a lot of the times it's like when we talk about what manhood is and everything like that. And it's like, even within this conversation, it's like, we've brought up women a lot of times about talking about masculinity and manhood as like, my manhood is based off of what a woman views and thinks of me. It. It's just like, nah, like, I think that it's 85% of it is what is inside of me, what I'm thinking and how I interact with the rest of the world. Now, the other 15% of that is like, yes, women will say that, this is the type of man that I want, but I have to be secure enough within myself to just be like, okay, that's what you want. This is who I am. It's like, and you're not going to shake that. It's like, unless honestly, like, but that's where the introspective comes in. It's like, unless you have some really toxic traits, it's like, go ahead and like handle that. But that's where I think that, um, that's why I think that other men have a responsibility to check other men, because we know, like, before a woman ever interacts with a man, his boys know what type of man he is. So we <laughs> have, we have an obligation to be like niggas. You need to change yourself before you go out here in this world, because you you're you're giving the rest of us a bad name, and people tend to remember their bad interactions a lot more than the good ones because those are the negative emotions so it's burned into your brain this is like okay this did not make me feel good let me remember this so I can I can um try to stay away from something like that the next time so I don't feel it it's like the only time when the positive emotions start taking over is that when it's on a continuous type of thing and you get hooked to it. And it's like, now I need it. But that one negative um, experience, that can stick with you for years. It could, for some people, it sticks with them for the rest of their life. And it's like, that, essentially that is trauma. And it was like, so us as Black men, we need to have more comfortability and authority to check other Black men and be like, listen, you're not gonna be out here traumatizing people. It's like, you need to figure out what you're doing, but don't be out there in the streets just like trying to find yourself through through trauma, uh, through traumatizing other people.
2: 100%, 100%, I agree to that. We need to hold, hold each other accountable on all standards and we need to be able to lead one another in the right direction. And that, I find myself through my experiences, uh, you know, when I do deal with certain women and, you know, have men that come up to me and talk to me like, yo, how'd you get that? How did you, you know, we all we all have different skills, right? And you gotta know exactly what you're good at. Men you'll figure that out. Right. And for me, I usually have the gift of gap. I'm usually a really good time. I'm a good vibe. I understand body language very well. So I, I I read that more than I speak. And that has allowed me to be extremely successful in that area of life, right? But at, when it comes to other men asking me how I do it, and they if they honestly ask, I'll give them the answers. You know what I mean? I'm not selfish in it. I think it just comes to a lack of experience and a lack of passing down proper knowledge to other men. And like, to your point, holding men accountable, right? Like checking that shit, like, yo, chill the fuck out. Um, there's times where I've had to, you know, check my old friends, um, that are no longer my friends for obvious reasons. Right. Because Mm -hmm. you're not on a higher level of thinking. Um, but there are a lot of people I've had to check a lot of men in, in this world. I'm like, yo, you gotta fucking relax. Like seriously. And it's like, yo, what's what's your problem? No, I'm not fighting you. I'm telling you, like, I mean, unless we want to take it there, then we have a problem. But now I'm trying to check you on a man level because you're doing too much. Like, she's terrified. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like her body language is like, yo, I, I don't know what to do in this situation. Because you are far more aggressive and far more assertive than she is. And she's already looking terrified. And you're not even noticing that. And like, there's been situations where I've had to check other, other males, um, even especially if I know you, I'll definitely pull you to the side and go, chill out, chill out, chill out. And I'll explain to you what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it becomes tough because a lot of black men have a lot of ego. It's constant competition, right? And, and mm-hmm. it's not to their detriment. It's to your point earlier, uh, uh, Baudelaire, to so your point, you gotta be patient. Yeah, <laughs> so- No, it's tough, but also
1: too, I think, uh, I, I think a lot about uh, what Elijah Muhammad said to, to Malcolm X about, you know, the way to to show somebody they're drinking out of a dirty glass put a clean glass next to it. Mm. And, like, sometimes I, I go into modes, I feel like my whole life, like, I, every, like, three months, I'm just, like, living by a whole different, you know. I, I, like, my core values and principles are obviously the same, but sometimes I'd be on a whole different type of time. Like, sometimes I go a while where I'm, I'm like preaching to every brother I see. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, come on, man. But then sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to live by example. You know what I mean? And I, I find that when I'm living by example, more, like you said, more brothers come up to me and be like, yo, how did you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I so especially early on in my in my relationship, right? i say the first like two years, I've been with my girl now uh four years. And the first two years, uh, dudes would be like, yo, man, your relationship is beautiful, bro. Like, yo, damn, like, how, like, what are you doing? Like, you, and I'm like, honestly, bro, like, I like I appreciate her every day. You know, I like you know that feeling of like, you know, when you're talking to a girl and you like you just got her number and you you she's everything to you. You're like, yo, like, okay, how do I have to go with the X, Y, and Z. Think stealing. about that. Think yeah. like, think of that, think of that. Capture it. And a year into y'all relationship, she's at work. Think to yourself, yo, that girl that you was like sweating. Yo, she's coming home to you, right? Ain't that crazy? Like, you know what I mean? And, and kind of get back into that, right? right. And, and and show her that you that you feel that way. And I say all that to say that, like, you know, I I had friends that weren't treating that girl the best, right? And I was like, you know, a, a part of me is like, yo, who am I? I don't know your relationship to say X, Y, and Z. I don't know, you know, what I mean, I don't know how she talks to you when I'm not around. So who am I to say, you know, as long as it doesn't get inappropriate? You know, mm-hmm. but yo, y'all relationship isn't as healthy. But what will happen is, is when he's like, yo, man, Renee is like, man, y'all really happy. Like, what's what's going on? Boom. Now I've now I have an opening, right? He dropped his ego. Mm-hmm. Now I can, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's not just, it's not just in like Ashanti said, it's not just in relation to women. Uh, my um, her brother actually is in like really good shape, right? My brother like really works out a lot. I try to work out a lot, and I tell him, I'm like, hey, yo, man, I'm trying to get like you, like, what what the hell did you do? You know, yeah, <laughs> that's my man. Yeah. Like I could I don't have to I don't have to be stronger faster than him. I don't have to do but I could actually tell him like all right bro me and you go to the gym just the same amount mm-hmm. five, four or five days a week. It's your four days is getting more than my five. What's going on here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's the thing, is that like, right? Like in that situation, I was the dirty glass. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and I think it's just about just recognizing that. And when you and when you're the clean glass, just like just living in it, like yeah. Yeah, to, like clearly brothers see you and be like, yo, well, Sean got it. I got a holler Sean about this. You know, but then hey. there's some things that a weakness of yours that you're like, you know what? I I have to uh I don't know the best way I can think of a word is like humble, humble myself and be like, yo, I, I am I'm am a master at this and I am a right. mass at this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I need to approach a brother who's a master. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And figure out how he got there. I'll never be a master, but maybe. But I, yeah. I, I can at least get half. Yeah, it's
0: like, would you're just, not going to be just, a black belt, but you can at least get a couple stripes.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if, and if I have a couple of stripes in a bunch of different things, oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm a master of something. Everyone's a master of something. So mm-hmm. I, I could spread my knowledge on the thing I'm a master at and everything else. I just, I just gain knowledge. Like Ashanti, and, and this is something about Ashanti I've always appreciated. Ashanti has been, he was woke before woke right yeah, and Ashanti yeah. is always my man like at, at UMass Amherst Ashanti never at, at UMass Amherst that ever in my life I, I was the walking dead I I, I, was, I was I was going against some of the principles I have today yeah I, I, I'll say that you know what I mean the way I was I, I a lot of the things I had to unlearn we'll, we'll say right mm-hmm. and Ashanti had could have many times been like hey yo hey oh boy <laughs> you know what I mean? I, know, okay. I know this, I, I could, you know what I mean? But but rather rather than do that, even way back since high school, you've known things that Ashanti that I had, had no idea about, you know what I mean? But but if Ashanti said, hey, Baudelaire, X, Y, and Z, I'd be like, man, the fuck out
0: Right. I don't wanna hear that right now, you know what I mean?
1: He never, that right now. Ashanti, I'm in this frat party right now, and you know what I mean? Right. They just pulled out the ice loose, Ashanti, leave me alone, you know
0: what I'm saying? You know what
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ashanti could have really judged me in that moment, and I, he would have been right, you know, or he was right. But I, I just really appreciate uh, brothers that like just pick their spots. Because now that I gained the information, Ashanti came to to Brooklyn, uh, like we were saying when he came on my former podcast, mm-hmm. and that trip, Ashanti coming to Brooklyn, that, that, it. it it was when I realized how much I appreciated him. You know what I mean? Because that weekend, I'm like, yo, Shanty's my fucking man, yeah. you know? This dude has known all this shit. Like, you know what I mean, he I, I, he, he comes from, from consciousness in a way that I had to learn, because my parents are Haitian immigrants. They didn't, you know, they don't understand the context of, you know, the black plight in America so, so much, you know what I mean? They understand the Haitian uh, context and and yeah, um, I, I, honestly, I don't even know how, how I ended up here. I'm sorry, y'all,
2: but-
0: yeah, No, but just, th- thank you for that, yeah. brother. Wait. That
2: makes sense. It's just, it's really just going back to the point of passing down knowledge and, and again, yes. getting accountable. You know what I mean? No, mm-hmm. no, you, you you spoke very eloquently. It's, it's, it really comes down to that. Um, passing on the knowledge and having the people that are there, that are in your life, that you can like actually show appreciation to and say, dude, I appreciate you for holding yeah. it down. Like I got, I got a few boys, like one of my business partners who's also a host of my podcast coming up uh he he that's one of the dudes i would consider mentor me in other life you know in another life um has given me a lot of information especially for things that i've done wrong you know i mean things that i've could have done better and it's like what you're to your point earlier unlearning continuously unlearning which is a lot harder um than it is because you have a lot of those core habits especially if you're only 25 oh yeah you know you have a lot of those core habits in you and so to be able to unlearn those things and to uh become a new right and to become well, brand brand spanking new because you have other brothers that are able to give you information. I think that's the most the beautiful thing in the planet. It's like when people ask me like, what do you, what do, you do to work out? Like, what do you eat? All right, all right, cool, I'll tell you everything. And then like, what I've also learned too is, again, to your point of, ex- of being an example, I realize that a lot of other brothers don't have certain level of experiences, right? Um, and you start to see a lot of women, you know, claim these experiences. And I'm not gonna tie this to women at all, but I'm just saying, when they have the girl trips, they, they're going for it. really and truly experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of brothers don't have the same level of experiences. And so when I know that I can provide an experience, I'm like, all right, come out with me. You want to go out? Let's do this. You want to go to the gym? You want to get fit? Let me show you exactly what I do in the gym, right? And then when they're in the gym with me, whether it's 45 minutes or an hour, they're like, damn, this brother is really working out. Mm-hmm. Like we might've had a, a very a really good conversation, but I'm pretty sure I just did 35 sets of X, Y, and Z. Like, wait a minute, we're already three ways, quarters through the, like I'm drained, but I can't believe I got this. But it's, again, I'm giving you and providing you with the experience because I know you didn't have it. So now that you can see it yourself, again, to your point of the dirty glass and the clean glass, right? You were the dirty glass before, I just showed you a clean glass. and Now you're going to take it. And it's like learning something new for the first time. And you give that person that experience and they love it. And they'll never forget you for the experience. You know, that's why I have a lot of brothers that come up to me that appreciate me today. That I hope genuinely appreciate me. But I always use my words wisely. And when people, you know, reach out to me, I always tell them I appreciate them. Um, and, and then just using the word king and just, you know, obviously brother king. I'm well, specifically like the bro here and there, yeah. But brother is just—it's more powerful for me to say. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because there's more love with brother. It's more love, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, and more think, love with brother. Right? I think that
0: we start yeah. using those types of words because. When you really think about it, it's like you call someone brother or sister. It's like we all have, like, uh, yeah, we all have siblings here. It's like so that type of love and protection you put on your siblings. It's like when you call someone else brother. It's like that's saying I got you. It's like I love you. I protect you. It's like we like we're here. We're we're in this together. So definitely like using those words is like that lets people know. it's just like, I right, I'm a monk's family now.
1: Mm-hmm. like it's your not- kids are my nephews and nieces. Correct. <laughs> <me? laughs> no, I I'm saying like that's, the, that's also the power of brother. like you know your kids are my nephews and nieces. Yeah, right? you know what I'm saying. We are We are a village here now. like uh, I bought my my best friend a birthday gift yesterday, and I went to the store to, to get a card to go with the gift. Me and my girl, we start at the all the way on the left, and it's like cards for friends. And I'm looking at these cards. I'm like, man, he's just corny. I'm looking at him. Then we go all the way to you know, a couple more aisles over. I'm like, I'm gonna get him one of the cards for brother. You know what I'm saying? Because I, that's the that's the that's the love I got for that dude. You know what I mean? Like his impact on my life. These friend cards don't do it. Right. Man, yeah, these friend cards are kind of goofy. These, right. The brother cards are like, yo, bro you are a cornerstone in my life. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, it, it, God forbid anything happened to you. Yet my attachment to you is so powerful that my attachment to these kids is for the rest of my life now. You know mm. what I mean? Like that that kind of power. And and we also like, you don't have that attachment with your friend. You just don't, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah. your friend is your friend while they're, you know, like, oh yeah, we got to friends, yeah, whatever, that's my brother, man. It's,
0: like, I can say that, um like you said, is that I was in uh, the fraternity at uh, UMass Amherst. And I can say that I had a lot of friends there, a lot of good friends, but there are very few brothers. Yeah, I mean that in the black colloquial sense, brothers uh-huh. there. And it's like, even with, um, and the thing is, is that uh, like us as African people, we've understood that like your extended family is just as important as your, fa- like your blood family. Because the thing is, is that uh, Sean, he's my cousin. It's not blood cousins. But if he called me up and was like, hey, something's going on, I'd be driving 16 hours to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there in 16 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's the type of thing because people always try to say like blood is thicker than water. And it's so it's like, but like, uh, Sometimes that water becomes so thick that it's, it's, it's thicker than, than blood.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and also you have you have connections with people uh, mental and, and especially as black men. We, we see it in each other where, for example, right, you go back uh, high school. I'm a grade above Shanti Ali, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But from you go back to 2010, me and Evandro, my, my best friend, We see Ashanti Ali in the hallway. We like, yo, (laughs) you know what I mean. And it's like, but it, yo, to to like a white to a group of white dudes that are watching, they don't even understand because they like, yo, how y'all that cool? But like, well, I don't see you with Ashanti Ali. They're like, no, but it's love. I I I love him, right? Just off. When I see him, I'm so happy to see him. Right. That for me, for you to feel that kind of love, yeah, me and you gotta, you know what I mean, we gotta have all these experiences in the world, but Ashanti Ali, I know already. Right. You know what I'm saying? I met Ashanti Ali probably like, oh, six or something. I don't know, whenever. You know what I mean? Like, middle school, high school days, right? Yeah. And look at us damn near 20 years later. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, it, it is it's it's really crazy the, the the connections that you that you make and we need to really start uh we need to lean into those connections as, as black men you mm-hmm. know what I mean I'm my friends know I be calling them I call I call my I I'll call a specific friend for the thing that I need one of my friends is financially fucking genius mm-hmm. when my money bad I call him not for money I okay. call him because I'm like I need that energy that you have. Right. That you're really good with money. I just need to talk to you for a couple hours. Right. At the end of this call, I'm gonna be more, uh, you know, better with my money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with working out. Like you you saying a- a- any aspect of my life. Yo, yo, I, I, my relationship. I, I'm gonna call my brother who's, who's there. You know what I mean? He married. Right. I call him like, oh man, like, and he's like, yeah, I get it. And then when we talk, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um. So yeah, it's really that community, like, like like Ashanti was saying. It's and and we make that community so easy that people that don't come from, you know,
2: non-African people don't really
1: understand it. Man, yeah,
2: I feel like it's on a spiritual level at times. Yeah. A lot of times, really and truly, really, it's just that automatic connection.
1: It's, They're constantly at war with each other. But that's yeah, I mean.
0: yeah. And like that's the thing, and that goes back to what we we're saying. It's like I see. You. It's like yes. so. Yeah. It's like you're you're my brother, you're my sister because I see you and. We might not have had the same exact experiences, but we understand what it is to be here.
1: Exactly. So it's
0: like, and we we're in this together. And Stone
1: High, we was there together. Amherst, we was there yeah. like, oh no, I know what you've been doing with here. I know you know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That was yeah. That was definitely an experience. Uh, but touching upon a couple of things that you guys said, it's like it's something like it's hard to unlearn something. And um Something my dad would always tell me is that uh, once, as soon as someone rents space in your head, it's hard to make them leave. And the lessons that we learned was taught to us by someone and that person is renting space in our head. So every single day you have to have an eviction. You need to, you need to kick these Mm. people out. Because they, as soon as they're in, they try their Mm. hardest not to leave. Mm but the other thing that I wanted to say is, is like, uh, like Bowler, what you were saying is that, like, there are definitely like things that I look to you and Sean for because you were, uh, you and Vondra were starting podcasts before podcasts became the wave.
1: Yo, man, if we kept, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on. Like, yeah,
0: you guys, you guys were on it before, and I was just like, yo, like I remember being back in Brockton, um, uh, like my, uh. Intermediate years between school and just listening to you guys' podcast, it's like like this is good, like this is getting me through the day. Yep. And I really appreciate you guys for that. And uh, Sean, it's like with you, it's that uh seeing another uncompromising black man just living his truth, no matter like what people might be like, oh well, I don't agree with that, that's not PC, whatever. And it's like, well. That's your feelings. And to your point about dropping your ego is that, uh, Sean, I told you this earlier today when we were talking, uh, we started posting about you, uh, like you back at the gym, getting into it. I'm looking at it's like this motherfucker trying to be healthy and shit. Like, he look like... <laughs> Wait, I, I can't go <laughs> out with this man anymore. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I, yeah. I become a non-factor. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. No, <yeah.
0: laughs> yeah,
1: but that's the thing is that, that's why you need your brother to challenge you to be like, yo, I'm not, I'm not challenging you, Let me, but I maybe, am
2: challenging you.
0: Yeah, so, my you be around me. is enough.
2: <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you this, and, and the beauty of me being who I am is the fact that, like, a lot of my close friends, especially male black friends, they don't have the same body type as me. I have other male black friends that are more D's than me, of course. Um, for sure but i i tend to keep myself with a lot of di- diverse black men as i like to say in terms of body type and the reason why i i, I have the ability to do that is because those black men have confidence right they're co- they're so confident within themselves like i got one friend that's like he's heftier you know he I mean? got a little got a little got a little bit of a belly got the ball head with the beard that's ross right there you know what i mean he's not as big as ross he's more appealing than ross i mean if we're comparing to <laughs> or whatever but You know what I'm saying? He, he is himself. The man is so confident in himself. He'll take, he can bag anybody. Right. That's just because he knows who he is. Uh, And then I also got another friend that's again, different body type, but it's the confidence. And if they ever wanted to get into the gym or they work out, we, and the funny thing now is we all do work out together now. Uh, Mm -hmm. But beforehand, somebody just has to sometimes uh, be that spark. And for them, I was that spark in terms of the workout realm. Like, oh, he's back on it. I know he's serious about this life. This is, he embodies this, right? And I'm pretty sure your your, your, your two's relationship is really based off of core values and principles of who you are, right? You're like, mm-hmm. I, I love this dude because I know what this man represents.
1: Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I know what he represents, not just to me, but I know if I see this dude out, yo, oh shit. it's Man, the, the thing with ah. Shanti Ali is
1: that like, when uh when me and Avondro he was the uh my old co-host mm-hmm. were making our show we was like you know if we could make a show that niggas like Ashanti Ali are impressed by <laughs> like you know what I mean like that, yeah. that was the and even now my show now right like I make my show now for like because sometimes you you when you make content and, and as content creators I think we have to be conscious of this sometimes you make content for the lowest uh most common denominator mm-hmm. you know what i mean um on the soapbox I have an episode about malcolm x right i wasn't gonna start the episode with malcolm Shab- uh, uh malcolm little was born and uh in no because we, we you know i'm not starting all the way down there i'm, I'm sorry to my people that, that don't know but if you yeah. don't know that much you want to go somewhere else and then come back to me By you know way, what i mean thank you <laughs> and, and the thing is, so so the, the Malcolm episode, though, and the Martin episode, no, those episodes, I'm making for Ashanti Ali to hear. Right. You know what I mean? And Ashanti Ali give the thumbs up because I know Ashanti Ali get the thumbs up. Now I know it's solid. So now yeah. that it's solid, I know that the people that don't know, because I know he knows what I'm saying, but right. I, I, I want to, like, yo, you like how I put that together? Okay, cool. Because if, if you like how I put that together, that means that's really going to teach a lot of people. That's you true. know what I mean? Because Ashanti could call me and be like, yo... All right. in the Malcolm episode, at one point you said X, Y, and Z. I think it actually went, you know, Z Y X. So I'm like, oh damn, okay. You know what I mean? And I, I respect Ashanti's mind enough where he could i go in and change it. I'll take it down from iTunes, change it, put it back up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um where I we, I think we have to know who who has that license, right? Because mm-hmm. in, in the same way of like clean glass, dirty glass, mm-hmm. we also need to always keep in mind on who your glass is cleaner than and if they can actually test you in this thing, right? Because Sean, for example, you in the gym, right? Some dude walk in the gym first day, first day he'd been in the gym in 15 years. You're doing a pull-up. He goes, hey, yo, Sean, yo, your form on that pull-up is off. You'd be like, yo, you can't talk to me about my pull-up, bro. You can't <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not qualified. No, dis- it, it, no disrespect, there is something you can teach me about. But on this, like, you know what I mean? That's part of the confidence thing. You know what you are a master. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, brother, I think I got this. You know what I mean? I mean right. We can have a, a debate on pull-up form, and <laughs> right. I can show you. Mm-hmm. But, and, and and that's the thing. And so I say that to say, is that Ashanti is someone, when it comes to the knowledge, that I know, like, man, you. He was way ahead of me, you know what I mean, and I and I, I I'm reading Autobiography of Malcolm X in four days. I'm like, I gotta catch up to this nigga. I can I gotta yeah. leave these dudes. He knew so much from so young, and I just started gaining consciousness at 23. Yeah, you know, and I just started working out at 22, 23. You know what I'm saying? What? These things there are people that that are ahead of me, but then also now that I'm 28, there's some people that I'm Ahead of. Right. You know, right. so and no disrespect to someone I'm ahead of, but
2: like, we just need to. But you know what yeah. the thing about it, too? So, the about...
0: can I give you yeah, one little fun fact? <laughs> and I know people are going to rip me apart for this one. I've never actually read the autobiography of Michael alright <laughs> you
1: All right, y'all, that's the end of my time here. <laughs> <No, laughs> Listen, okay. talks <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, yeah, let me tell you why
0: let me tell you why i'll tell you i'll I've tell read you that why
1: four
0: times. i'll tell you why the reason why i haven't read it is because through other readings is that people have very heavily critiqued the autobiography because of the fact that the editor alex healy because he was the editor took very liberal was very liberal with His um, edits to it. So we all, well, I'm pretty sure all of us here have watched the Spike Lee Malcolm X uh, movie. Mm -hmm. That part where he puts his head in the toilet and everything like that, contemporaries to Malcolm, Malcolm's friends was like, that never happened. So it's like, and um, even um, also with his contemporaries, it's like from, what they've read from the original manuscript to what was post uh what was actually published there's so many things that were that were left out and then put in to sell a better book and like that's why I Mm. um that's why I never read it because so the thing is is that it's like I know a lot of the basic facts that you get from an autobiography um but then like I've listened to, I've listened to and read a lot of his speeches, almost, I think almost all of his speeches. So yeah. the thing is, is that I understand the man. Right. It's okay. Like, okay. So, I, 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 like, I'll stay and, on the show. <laughs> I know, <laughs> no, because I know people probably listen right now, just like, this one wow. rides from Malcolm X and he didn't read his autobiography. It's like, but this is the, if you really ride and you ain't reading it.
2: <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna flip on y'all. The real people, <laughs> right? Didn't read you the weren't
0: body. ready for that, <laughs> Judo. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. That was a man. I ain't even woke. I, I just, I, I now I need to start over. I need to. <laughs>
0: Um uh, man yeah, you about to the, be like I resent everything I positively yeah. just said about him.
2: <laughs> I, I gotta go reevaluate and research some more. This one because one thing
0: he hasn't read it, I'll talk to you guys later.
1: What <laughs> one, one thing I want to say before uh before uh we wrap up is I just need to make sure I say this when Ashanti told me that the topic of, of the episode is that I actually just um I'm I'm actually I just finished my thesis about four days ago to get my master's. I, oh, I congratulations! Get my master's. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you and my thesis is actually on um, uh, "Black Boy" by Richard Wright. I don't know if y'all have read that book. I've read it, uh, it and it, and it's about how that book uh, changed my life three times. Um, read it at sixteen. Read it at twenty-two. Read it last summer, and each time I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't believe!" So, "Black Boy" is pretty much the story of, uh, of Richard Wright from. Uh, Mississippi in 1920, all the way to the book ends um, towards the end of the Great Depression. Excuse me. And it's like his formative years. And that book, like if, if, if anyone who's not read that book, like to me, that, that book is more important to me than the autobiography. Of my, it's, 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 it literally shaped my consciousness. It, it was the first reading in English class was like, oh, there's Black men that think like me. You know, there's a black dude. And he lived in, in the in the 20s. And Richard Wright uh, ended up moving to Paris and dying in Paris. Um, but he also died a Pan-African. Uh, and he uh, become a Marxist in his life. And when I first read the book, I was like, Marxist, what are you talking about? Communism. Oh, my God, what is wrong? Then I read it last year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel you. I see it. Yeah, yeah. i home and abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, this capitalism thing is pretty wicked. But at the time, I had I wasn't in the workforce. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, and that's kind of what I mean. Like it changed my life multiple times. Each time I got a, a different part of his life where I was like, "Oh, I feel you." I, I'm sorry, I even, Watch you know it. what I mean. I know when I read it in five years, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna get something else. Um, but yeah, I, 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 my whole point in saying that is "Black Boy" by Richard Wright to me. I, I wrote my thesis on it. It's literally to me the most um is is groundbreaking that that book.
0: And that's right with the W, correct?
1: W R I G H T. Yeah, Richard Wright was actually James Baldwin's mentor for, for a little bit. Um, and uh, Native Son is probably his most popular book. Also, uh, it's considered his best book. Like Native Son is his cult classic, but Black Boy is like that. Um, you know, so, Native, Black Boy is just illmatic in my opinion. There we go.
0: Okay, so I'm okay. I'm I'm adding that to my list. But there's one thing that I kind of need to right. after
1: you are done reading it. Call me. I could talk, I, like I said, I wrote my about. I could talk about Black boys for days. <laughs> like, I'm you know, my research. I know that man and, and his relationship with James Baldwin. They were like cool. And then they had a beef. I, yeah.
0: So you know how, well, you both of you know this, that I'm a stickler for words. And <clears throat> I'm going to have to put this on the podcast so it's finally down here. Is that I think that us as Black people need to stop using certain words uh, because, so you said the word mentor. Mm -hmm. Uh, That comes from the Greco-Roman culture. And with a mentor, it was someone who would take on a kid, like maybe 10 years old or something like that. And then by the age of 13, they would be like to get into apprenticeship because of the Greeks and Romans, their type of culture, they would be oh. sodomized as an introduction into. The. I really
2: it. I so it.
0: there is a there is a other word that we that gosh, I use a lot. Gosh. It's called jegna, uh, which is J E G N A, and I'll read the definition. Jegna uh, are those special people who have been tested in struggle or battle, demonstrated extraordinary. Uh, extraordinary and unusual fear show determination and courage in protecting his or her people, land, and culture. Show diligence and dedication to our people. Produce exceptionally high quality of work. Dedicated themselves to protection, defense, nurturance, and development of our young. Uh, of our young by advancing our people, place, and culture. So I just wanted I, to add it. I new, like that. I like that more. work.
1: It's, yeah. It's, Great, thank I appreciate that.
0: Uh, because uh, sometimes when I space out it's like, oh, like I'll just say my professor or my advisor. But then when the word finally comes back to me, it's like my Jegna is so and so. Because I have a lot of jegnas in my life where like these motherfuckers are bad. You you don't touch them. You try to, it's like they're gonna they're gonna whoop you real quick, not physically yeah. but intellectually. So yeah. um
2: jagna, that's how you pronounce it.
0: J- Jegna. Jegna. because I'm not yeah. gonna be a
2: mentor any, any
0: longer. But so I wanted to kind of wrap up this. I know that we've kind of uh, tried to separate from just defining masculinity and manhood in the terms of its relation to uh women, but based off of uh Bowler, you said that you're in a relationship, uh
2: Sean go Sean has experience. Single. Uh. go. <laughs> but listen, i want to... I, I will say this before i talk i've done me go to the host but listen a relationship uh, uh love between what uh, uh love especially black love i love i love the idea of love um i think it's a beautiful thing i think if you're able to commit to somebody um and it doesn't work out it's okay it happens life moves on um but you'll be better suited for somebody else than somebody who's actually uh equipped for you um and you'll be equipped for that person so i'll say that I, I say that because it is important to say, especially within our community, single life is cool. Um, but as a man at this point in my life, I'm 29 years old, being single, it's, it's more about focus on self and developing myself properly um, for the right partner. Um, and I think, you know, I could look at it from a I hate woman perspective or I hate relationships. No, I don't. Um, I love my female counterparts. I love, I love my woman. I love my people. But at the same time, when you're in a position where you can actually develop yourself, take the opportunity and run with it um, because you might not ever get it again. So I will say that there.
0: And in conjunction to that, is uh, people also need to understand that there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because, especially as men, especially as a man, because the thing is, is that. If you have done all of the things that we've talked about within this podcast, like working on yourself, understanding the feminine energy within you and just like cultivating yourself, you won't be lonely. You might be alone, but you won't be lonely. And I think that loneliness is that you're looking for someone else to to fulfill your needs. And as soon as you need someone, you give someone dominion over you. If I'm thirsty and, a, and someone has water, I will do whatever they say for water. They have complete control over me. So it's about addressing your own needs and, and looking for your wants in someone else, mm-hmm. not your needs.
1: Yeah, I think um, to speak for my brothers in relationships, <laughs> I think that I had reached a point where um, and I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to this I've I, I reached a point where my my growth I, I, I wanted the like the like the, the challenge of it like I, when I met my, my girl like uh, like I said we've been together four years, right like six months into our relationship I was like, okay, so yeah we, we gotta live together Like we got because it was it was just immediate it was like oh this works perfectly like there's just the you know what I mean the the masculine feminine um, balance between the two of us, as well as like the, the accountability factor, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, if I'm really this guy, right? Like I remember um, just a really quick story. Like I, I thought to myself, like I really want to do something to help Haiti, right? Like, I'm Haitian and um, uh, a Haitian that understands uh, my Africanness also. That's a, a key thing, a Pan-African Haitian, but... Um, I knew like, I want to do something to help Haiti. And I'll talk about it with my girl, like from day one, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do something to help Haiti. I'm gonna do something to help Haiti. Something to help Haiti. Uh, To be clear, that means nothing, right? So I'm like, something to help Haiti, something to help Haiti. And one day, like, I kind of just felt like, yo, I, lo- I really like this girl a lot. I love this girl. And I, ca- I need to like prove it, what I'm saying. So I, I developed a nonprofit to help Haiti. You know uh-huh. what I mean? uh Haitians for Haiti you know what I mean uh we were actually supposed to go on a trip uh two years ago I was gonna send five nurses to Haiti uh to help completely free um but uh, the one more
0: time so that people can get it
1: oh Haitians for Haiti um I think I have it in my bio on uh Twitter my Twitter's at Bo- actually at Baudelaire um uh, um I'll pin it to my top tweet after this just so it's uh, really easy to find but um, but yeah. So my goal is to every year send a team of nurses to Haiti to help. And would I have done that eventually, without you know being with my girlfriend? Maybe. But her kind of holding me to the fire without really even knowing it, just her existence of like, I need to prove I'm this guy that I say I am. You know, made me kind of it it, it like honed my discipline. You know, it's like okay, no, now I don't really say just the kind of guy I am. I don't really say things I'm not gonna do, right? it, it took, took that to the 10th level, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm not going to say it if I'm not going to do it tomorrow, yeah. you know I mean? uh-huh. so um So not to say that you can't, some brothers could do that, but like single, I'm not saying that there's an impossible single. Yeah. I just found that for myself. I started falling into like the, like, oh, ain't nobody watching me. I mean, shit, I, yeah, I, I'm, I, one day I'm gonna help Haiti. Who's going to tell me I got to do it tomorrow? you know, I mean? but it's, it, it, it was like, uh, it was like an iron sharpens iron situation, you know, yeah. I, mean? I was like, oh, okay, I got to walk it, like, I talk it, because this person is watching me every day.
0: Yeah, and by no means, I'm not saying it's like, you don't need anyone, but the thing is, is that I've learned from my own self-experience is that um, as soon as I got comfortable with being alone, it's like, my mental health was a lot better. It's like when you're lonely, it's like you're constantly thinking about the things that you do not have
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it is corrosive. Loneliness is something that's very corrosive. Like it can really, it can really fuck you up. It's like, and um, that's what I was kind of saying with it. It's just like, if you don't have someone in your life right now and you feel lonely, Find a way to get yourself out of loneliness and being content with being alone, but not complacent with being alone. Um, but what I was gonna, what I was gonna try to get into, and this is gonna be the last question, is how does masculinity and manhood play into a relationship?
1: I put the first one uh, first, so, Sean, yeah. <laughs>
2: you picked this one. Play into a relationship. Yes, there's balance in feminine and masculine energy. You need to be able to recognize that. And as a man, you have to find that balance and understand that balance. Um, and so Baudelaire's point of him starting a nonprofit of Haitians for Haiti, right? It comes down to being a man of your word, right? Um, and men, you're held to a certain standard. And so when you're, because you are held to this standard, you need to play that role need to be that role and embody that role. Um, So it is really important when it comes to a relationship because, you you know, your lady, your woman, your queen is going to look up to you in that light, in that regard, right? That's the expectations that ultimately she's going to have for you. And so um, when it comes to the manhood, man, you got to step up to the plate. And I think that ties into, you know, masculine and having the traits, right? Having the proper traits of a man to be able to take that responsibility on, own it and run with it um and it's really important so you know you got to recognize who you are in the relationship what role you play and at the end of the day i don't care what anybody says you know a man's a, the head of the household right they leave um women are looking to submit to a man a man that has a purpose a man that follows his purpose and sticks to what he says uh, because that's a man that can be trusted ultimately right because he's going to repeat the same uh, actions that showcase who he is his characteristics his core values Um, And that it plays a big role into relationships. They look up to you in that regard and you have to always be on point. Um, That doesn't mean you're never going to fall down. Uh, But when you do, you'll be with somebody who is equipped for you and knows that, listen, this man is only going through a little phase only because of X, Y, and Z. For that, like I said earlier, I'm going to give this man his space. He will figure Mm -hmm. it out because he has proven to me that he will figure it out.
0: It's like when you Um, fall, she doesn't start stomping.
2: She's not gonna stop stopping on you. No, no, no. She's gonna give you the time to figure it out. But as men, um, you have to step up to the plate. You have to really take take it on and embody it. Um, and sometimes you might not be ready for that and be be conscious of that. You know what I mean? There's certain things like I just got out of a six-year relationship. So I I get what it takes to be in a long-term committed relationship, right? It takes a lot more work than saying, I love you, right? there's a lot of consistency that you need to come to the table with. It's like you come to the table hard with the first date. Listen, my brother, you better go hard the entire time Mm -hmm. you come hard. The first date, Ruth, Chris, Ruth, Chris is the expectation for the rest of the experience. Right. Uh, And you have to hold up to that because those are the expectations that you brought to the table. And that's why it's important to embody who you are as a man and, and know that you're ready for this role especially when it comes to a relationship. If you're not, do not get into relationships. Um, figure it out. Take the time for you. Because you start to see a lot of women do that, actually. They take the time for them They figure it out. And all of a sudden, they're doing great things, marvelous things. And and men are meant to do great and marvelous things. Uh, but you have to take the time to know who you are as a man. And your masculine is going to play a, a big role into the traits that you carry as a man, right? And knowing what you are and not just tying your age to being a man. Cause there's a lot of grown boys out here, right? We're gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna keep it real. There's a lot of grown grown boys out here. There's
0: um, a lot of uh, arrested adolescents out here.
2: Arrested adolescents, yes, yes, yes. You put it put it to me, you put it, you put it a lot better than I did. And then that's the unfortunate reality that we're living in, right? Uh, but at the same time, we need to sharpen each other and hold each other accountable. And it's gonna, those, com- those things like, for instance, when I was in a relationship, I knew I was going to the wrong people for advice, right? single people, people that just don't have it, they're they're ill-equipped to be able to tell you and give you sound advice. Now you're putting your business out there too, right? So now you're just creating a whole lot of energy that's not gonna help you. And as a man, you need to be able to control that all the way through. It's extremely important. Um, And that's finding that balance in feminine and masculine energy. You're already gonna come to the table with that masculine energy. But when you understand the feminine energy within you and you understand, all right, this is how my lady is. Period, right? I might not understand it, but logically, I know this is how she is. You need to be able to stay consistent and understand that she's going to be ever changing. But as me, me being the pillar, me being the head, I need to hold myself accountable all, at all costs. And um, your manhood is going to play into that. You know what I mean? Who you are as a man, what do you actually stand for? And women hold you accountable. So I say this to all brothers that are either in relationships, thinking about relationships. Be consistent, uh, consistency is very important. You get the flowers the first day, you get the flowers year three, you get the flowers year four, you get the flowers year five. Uh, you get gifts the first day, you get gifts year two, year three, year four, and so on and so forth, because you're the one who set the expectation and understand that you have a lot of power in your relationships. You can make your relationship extremely great and you're having the best time of your life with your lady or you have the power to destroy that relationship and yet she's seeking other options because you're allowing that you're not playing your role and your part. Um, so I, I, say that with respect to it's not always them. Sometimes it's you. So yes. when you get it's- into situations like that, check yourself as a very, um,
0: Oh, like, can I say something right before you go? I'm sorry,
1: brother. Yeah, no, go
0: ahead. Uh, and so something that you said, is like that, I kind of just wanted to just give my perspective on is that if you're the type of guy that can only take a woman out to tgi fridays (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that that might be how your bank account set up right now take her out to tgi fridays because i see a lot of men that are like i'm gonna save up save up so i can give her this very immaculate date like oh we're gonna just like you have set the bar You have shown her is like, okay, this is what I should be accustomed to. And then the next day, because you spent all your money on the first one, you're eating at a Waffle House. Then she's like, okay, I don't understand what's going on here. It's like, so it's like, it's about coming righteous to a woman. And by righteous, I don't mean like being like godly or something like that. I mean, righteous is like being honest with yourself and with her. And it's like, this is what I can afford right now. It's like, if you want it, you can have it. If you don't, then we had a great date and move along. But a lot of men, like we talked about before, cannot drop their ego. And the other thing that I I just want to say is that, like you said, coming to a woman as a whole man, understanding these things. And the analogy I'll give is that when, it like, let's say women are shopping for a car, men are the cars. You want a car, if you're gonna buy a car, you want a car where everything works. You don't wanna buy a car where like you buy it and then you find out that the uh, transmission is shot. The suspension is going and one of the wheels are loose. It's like, now I don't have to put work into this. It's like, there's nothing, about, there's nothing wrong with buying a car that's whole. And then you decide like, you know what? I'm going to put some rims on this shit. They spin it, nigga. They spin (laughs) it. Like, there's nothing wrong with with improving upon it. But when you buy a car and you're just like, there's initial repairs that need to be done, I'm going to be pissed off too. (laughs) Like, So it's about fixing your own car before you ask someone to buy it.
2: Mm -hmm. Hop in it.
1: Man. I don't know if I had much to add to that. That was amazing. Yes. I I, I was I, it's funny because before you say anything, I was about to say, like I completely agree with Sean that you hit the nail on the head, but you came and it was the alley to you. I yeah. I mean, I think you know, you get into a relationship and you know, you do do your job, whatever that means. You know what I mean? Yeah. if you don't have TGI Fridays money, learn how to cook. The hell, like, you know, it, it's everyone can learn how to cook. You know, it is always a, a level in uh like and then to what Sean said is stay consistent with the level that you're at until you can um, offer more. And then, you know, the the, the rising tide lifts both boats. But um,
2: the problem and- with setting the bar too high, right, is is when you set the bar too high, you ultimately can't live up to the experience long enough to be able to enhance that experience.
1: Unless you and, and, and I completely agree with that. Unless you're that rare brother that actually, that has a plan to, to, to keep it going, which is- Ooh. One in a million, you 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 might die. You might die trying to do it. But hey, shoot for the stars. I'm not gonna tell you not to do it. You know, do your thing. You, right. you know, but but if it goes wrong, you know why. <laughs> it's Also, so, so yeah, man. You brothers killed it, man. I, I...
0: But, uh, we we all did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it plays an important role. You gotta know. You gotta know what you bring to the table and respect that. Own that. And um, you know, know your level. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you, there's a lot of women. Don't waste women's time, man. Know your level, know where you're at in life. Um, do
1: not waste a, women say this a lot, and oh men gosh. take this as an offense. Do not waste a woman's time. That is
2: and the thing about it too is like they understand the value of that time. And men have to understand the value of their time, right? Because a woman that knows a man that understands and owns his value in terms of time, they're gonna be like, I need to be able to do whatever I can to keep this man's eye on me. Because he's more focused on his purpose, which you should always be focused on your purpose. Doesn't mean that you don't love her. Doesn't mean that you're not going to be responsible for her. But at the same time, you're going to keep yourself to a higher standard and higher regard. And she knows that you find that important. So therefore, she's going to play that role to be able to stay into your life and be able to enhance and help you multiply. Um, And that's what a a great woman is all about. Great woman can lead, yes, so to speak. Again, the roles are interchangeable in all relationships. There's going to be times where, where where mom's going to lead. You know what I mean? The wife's going to leave. She's going to leave that. She, she has that. She owns that. But as men, we're able, to, we're able to understand it and respect it, right? And that comes with a lot of confidence and it's coming. that comes with um, being aware of your masculine energy her feminine energy and finding that balance and controlling the balance. Because at the end of the day, you as the man have the control. There's nothing worse than an emotional man. I always tell people this. Like, emotional man either ends up dead early in jail commits mass murders and does some wild shit. It's, it's
0: um, men mass be, murders for white people.
2: Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Brothers don't do that. Um, but when it comes to us, we unfortunately we harm each other on alarm rates and we got to We got to cut that out and not condone it. Uh, and so that's the reason why I have a, a very big a very, a very big uh, principle in myself that I d- I don't believe in fighting, my, fighting our own. Um, I'll do everything I can, everything in my power not to fight another brother everything my power. Now for all the races, I'm sorry, I don't, you don't have the same luxury, uh, but I have that very strict for my own. Um, and that just comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of reverence. Um, and it's, it's, it's a deeper understanding and you understand that love is a very godly emotion. It's a very powerful emotion. And when you give that love to another brother, he understand that he's loved amongst his peers. Um, he'll feel just as strong as you and he'll get that confidence that you're giving off. So it's really important um, and I know that kind of shied away from the topic of masculinity in relationships, but you know, brothers that hold each other to the same standard are able to help other brothers perform better in their relationships, right? Um, me getting out of this one, I had a brother that understood my entire situation. I now know going into my next relationship, it is going to be the best experience of my entire life because I am more equipped with the knowledge that I just didn't have before. And, um, you know, again, just again, to my earlier point, be consistent Men, you hold—you really hold a lot of the power, the majority of the power, because you hold the um, access to relationships and marriage. You're asking her to be your girlfriend. You're asking her to be your wife. Um, so again, hold your role and know what, exactly what's, what step you're at personally. Uh, as a man, that's not just financially, that's emotionally, especially emotionally, so that you are equipped to be able to handle the situations, to be able to persevere and to be able to know that you actually have a woman of quality that's with you. Um, because a man that's not all there is going to get with anything. A man that is there and knows his value will not just subject himself and waste his time for any woman. So, bam.
1: Um, I I have a job to do in my relationship. My, my wife uh, just finished dinner. So, I got to do my job. <laughs> okay. I love
0: it. Okay. I love let it. Me, let me just wrap it up then. Uh, well, I'm just going to say thank you to you. Thank you to both of you brothers. Uh, thank you. For people that know, well, for the people that don't know, uh, be, if they're like, "Oh, well, this is just black," like, yes, it is black men speaking. However, it is coming from all from different parts of the di- uh, diaspora. I'm just regular black. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> my my cousin Sean, he's Jamaican, and as Bowler said, he's Haitian. So it's like so, it so, is very Jamaican,
1: different. Actually, uh, real quick fact of early Caribbean history is. Uh, slaves were sold between the two islands so often that uh, one of Sean's ancestors could have fought in the Haitian Revolution. You know what I mean? Bookman, the, the dude that, that, that started the first battle, was actually Jamaican at uh, the Haitian Revolution. You know what I mean? So we really I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, about Jamaican well, they, that, you know that's that's that. how we're all family. <laughs> it's all family. <laughs> African for the Africans at home and abroad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and African Americans also played such a monumental role in all this that, like, Regular black, I feel like undermines y'all importance in this. Like y'all, African Americans, I, I, this be my last thing. African Americans <laughs> created the, the 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 tart that my my plane as as Haitians that are here in America. All all black people from all across the diaspora. We got to land on it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. I was able to come here and immediately fall in love with hip hop culture because hip hop culture was for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. In school, the Ashanti wasn't like hey. You're not African American. This is for African American. No, hip hop culture is, is a is an African culture, you know what I'm saying? So African Americans laid the, the the bedrock for us to be able to do what we do here. So I love my African Americans.
0: Well, I'm also uh, gonna give praise to my, my Haitian brothers and sisters because with the Haitian Revolution, that is that catapulted a lot of things. It did. <laughs> and we don't have time to go into it, but I see. it's like as, as my dad would say, read a book, <laughs> read a book. But thank you, both of you brothers for coming. And I just want to give you both just 30 seconds to promote anything that's coming up for you guys.
1: Uh, yeah. So um, earlier I mentioned Haitians for Haiti. I actually uh, remember the link. The link actually to the Haitians for Haiti is uh, gofundme.com uh, backslash haitians for Haiti. Uh, So it's easy, easier than going to my Twitter or whatever. But my Twitter also is at Baudelaire, B-A-U-D-E-L-A-I-R-E. My book, uh, my first book, My Journey Home, available on everywhere you get books. Amazon's the place that most people go. And my podcast, La Soapbox, is available everywhere you get podcasts.
2: There we go. Um, uh, The thing that I got coming up is My Two Cents podcast. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's going to be me and two other people um, running up with my other business partner. So I'm very excited for that. We're actually uh, just prepping that. So be on the lookout for that. My two cents is actually on all platforms, whether it's Twitch, uh, Facebook, Instagram, my personal Instagram is the Sean Lawson, T-H-E-S-H-A-W-N-L-A-W-S-O-N. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at Black Mogul. Very easy. B-L-A-C-K-M-O-G-U-L. And you can also find my two cents podcast on Twitter all platforms be on the lookout for that and i'm excited to uh to, to continue that and it was a pleasure pleasure having this conversation with you. Thank
1: you for having me ashanti
0: of course and thank you again brothers that has been another episode of tomb talks with the pharaoh i'll see you guys next week